Hey church, we're continuing our Light Night series and we're almost through the entire armor of God. We're going to talk about the shield of faith today, as you saw with the instant pot lid earlier. And uh, I want you to remember three words that we've talked about uh, throughout this entire series. Awareness and how that corresponds to your identity in Christ. Abundance and that corresponds to your destiny in Christ. And authority and that responds or corresponds to your influence uh, in Christ. And so those three things we're going to take through this sermon again. Awareness, abundance, and authority. And in Ephesians, just to remind you, we talked about this way back at the beginning of this of this series, um, that the book of Ephesians actually goes through these three things. So chapters 1 and 2 talk about awareness. You have every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. You were in darkness, now you're in light. You were dead, now you're alive. You're in your sins, and now you're not. And you have the peace of God. And that's this awareness that Jesus has done something for us. He's changed the the landscape of the world. He changes the environment. The kingdom of God is here. It is present. It's being ushered in. And we are agents of that kingdom. So there's an awareness there. There's also an abundance there, a destiny there. And and in the book of Ephesians, chapters 3 and 4 deal with that. They deal with your eternal purpose. They deal with with Trinity life, walking in life, walking in love, walking in light. And then in, in, and that goes into chapters five and six in authority. And that's we are light, right? It's we get to call people out of their sleepiness and their slumber and we get to wake them up. We get to shine the light of Christ on them. We get to bring them from the darkness to the light. We, they can move out of hiddenness. We have power in, uh, in our interpersonal relationships, in our families, in our workplaces and now in Ephesians chapter 6, we put on the full armor of God to do so because we're in this battle. We're in this spiritual war and there's spiritual warfare all around us. So the entire book of Ephesians talks about awareness, abundance, and authority. And then we're going to go through this one verse and talk about those three things as well. So <clears throat> let me just read this verse to you and then, then we'll take it apart, walk through it, and, um, and chat about it. So it says here in verse 16, In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil of the evil one. So I'm not going to talk about this in order. We're going to take pieces of of this one verse um, in in a different order. So let's talk about the shield of faith first. This is just just getting us aware of what we have here in the shield of faith. Uh, So what is faith? Okay, when we say we have the shield of faith... Well, shield of what? Like, what is faith? Well, Hebrews 11 gives us a great definition of of faith. It says, now faith is this. It's the assurance. Assurance meaning we surely have this thing. So faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Right? It's, It's things like you hope for, but faith is saying, no, you surely have it. It's the assurance of those things hoped for. The conviction, the conviction of things not seen. So it's I, even though I don't see it, I know it's there. I know it's there. It's this conviction in your heart, in your soul of things not seen. That's faith. It says, for by it, people of old received their commendation. But by faith, we understand 
So some, okay, I love that because the ordering is this, and, and Anselm, one of the the uh, medieval church fathers, he or leading into that time, he says he says this. He says uh, we we don't um, seek understanding in order to believe. We believe in order to understand. And Hebrews talks about that here. The author here says, it's by faith we understand. See, uh, a lot of people in our culture, they, they, seek, they, they seek to have everything in order first, all the logic, all the, well, I'm, I'm only going to believe if I have this figured out. Well, the problem with that, guys, is we can't ever figure out God. He's God. So if you spend your life trying to figure him out, you're taking away the mystery of the gospel. It's mis- there's a mystery there. God is, in his essence, incomprehensible. You'll never exhaust the riches and the wealth of knowledge in God. That's what makes him God. And I wouldn't want to serve a God and love a God who wasn't that way. Because he'd be just like us. So, it says here that it's by faith that we understand. So, faith comes first. It precedes understanding. And we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Again, so the awareness of the spiritual world, the spiritual realm, all the things that were made were made out of things, Hebrews is saying, that were not visible by the word of God. And so there's all these things that are not visible that are in the spiritual world that we do not see with our eyes. But faith, the shield of faith, having faith gets us to see those things and experience those things. We walk forward in faith, right? So, so here, uh, when he's talking about that, he's saying, there's this other world. Be aware of that. So where does faith come from? Well, here's, here's two things. Faith comes from the blood of Christ, and faith is um, uh, strengthened by the community of faith. So it comes through the blood of Christ and it's strengthened and upheld and undergirded by the community of faith. So check out uh, here in Hebrews 10, just the chapter before in verse 19, he says this, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, talking about Jesus, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, and here we go, verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. In full assurance of faith. So it's through the blood of Jesus that we have that. Through his flesh that he talks about. And then he says, And it's with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Our bodies washed with pure water. The living water, Jesus, right? Verse 23, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is full of faith. He is faithful. He's full of faith. The one who promised. 
In verse 24, let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. So, where does faith come from? It comes through the blood of Christ, through the flesh of Christ, through Christ giving himself up for us. We have the full assurance of faith where we have been sprinkled clean with the pure water. And so we hold fast to that hope. We do not waver because he who promised us is full of faith. And then we stir one another up. That's, that's a really, that's really cool imagery. So think about, think about like, okay, one of my favorite drinks, this is, this is for you, Cindy Kenyon. One of my favorite drinks is chocolate milk. Her and I share, share this drink of choice. Um, but if you make chocolate milk with, um, like a, a um, chocolate syrup, like um, Hershey's or Nesquik. I would say stay away from Hershey's. Nesquik is the way to go. You, you squirt it in, you stir, you stir the milk, and then if you let it sit there for a while, what happens? If you let it sit there for a while, the chocolate um, can descend to the bottom. If it's not fully mixed in, it'll descend to the bottom. And, and if you leave it for a couple hours, the, the milk actually becomes pale again. It turns from brown and becomes paler and paler the longer you leave it. You gotta stir it up again to get the chocolate in there again. If you didn't do that and you just tasted it, it would be horrible. You would wanna spew it out of your mouth. So after a couple hours, if you're gonna drink it, you want to stir it up again so that it all gets mixed up. And that's the imagery we have here. I mean, you can use whatever drink you want. I mean, I don't know, there's other drinks you probably do that with um, to stir things up or like a soup, you know, that where things sit, like stir it up. So I want us to do something together in your R3 now because when he talks about strengthening your faith, he says it's in the community of faith. It's with your R3, guys. That's what R3 is about. That's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to say you... If you really want to live for Jesus, if you want to live in the power of the blood of Christ, you have to do it in the community of faith. You were built for that. And guys, people are deconstructing their faith these days. They're leaving the church. And, and I get it. Like I get wanting to leave this, this, uh, the institution of things or the religiosity of things. But if we're going to deconstruct something, we also got to reconstruct something. And that's what we've tried to do here as a church. We've really deconstructed the church framework. We're trying to build a kingdom framework. And, and for us, that's a decentralized form of, of uh, in the form of R3. And, and that's why right now you're worshiping in this weekly rally. You're worshiping, you're listening, you're learning in your home or in someone else's home, right? In your neighborhood, in your region. And, and so you get to live it out there as well. And, and, and so the community is so important here. And he says, some have the habit of neglecting to meet together. And, um, and that's not good. I mean, he goes on to talk about how, how that is detrimental to their faith. But those who decide to meet together and make it their habit to be together in life, that's beneficial for their faith. And so we're going to do something right now because I want us all to stir one another up. I want our church to be stirred up because who knows, maybe your chocolate has settled at the bottom. You just need a little stirring this morning. 
or today, whenever you're watching this, you just need a little stirring of, of the milk uh, to make it what it's supposed to be. So this is gonna seem kind of, I don't know what it'll seem like. Um, you, you make your, <laughs> your decision, but the point is to remember that we need to do this for one another. So I want you guys to stand up and I know, I know, you're just standing and now you're sitting and now you're standing and you're like, oh, this is back in, in church again. Standing, sitting, standing, sitting. Okay, stand up, stand up and find somebody in the room and you're gonna find someone different for each time. Find someone in the room and I want you to do this. I want, I want you to do this for each other. You know, I want you to stir each other up. Uh, sorry, stir one another up to love. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna find that person, you're gonna take them, and you're actually gonna rotate them 360 degrees. And you're gonna say you were made for love. And the other person's gonna do that to you. They're gonna rotate you 360 degrees and say you were made for love. So do that for one another right now and then come back, settle down and come back to the screen. Okay, now find another person and you're gonna do this. You're going to do the same thing, rotate them 360 degrees, you're gonna stir them up. Maybe, uh, yeah, so still the same stirring, right? Maybe you stir them the other way, I don't know. Um, and we're gonna stir one another up right now for good works. So you're gonna say to them, you were made for good works or God prepared them for you beforehand, and then stir them up. One circle. You can even do two spins if you want. Go ahead and go do that, and then come back. Okay, last one. So you're gonna find another person and you're gonna stir them up again, and we're gonna encourage one another right now, which means you're gonna put courage in the other person, okay? And you're gonna say, you have a spirit of boldness, not of timidity. You have a spirit of boldness, and stir them up. And then when you're done, just go back and sit down, and then we'll, we'll continue on. Okay, all right. Hopefully that, that helps you remember, that gives you a visual picture, that gives you a physical thing, like you did a physical action, and that will help you remember that whenever you're with your R3, whenever you're with other believers, other followers of Jesus, one of your privileges and duties and responsibilities is to stir them up, to love, to good works, and to encourage one another. Hebrews says earlier, to exhort one another daily so your hearts might not be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So we get to do that for each other when we're together, when we meet together. And I love that. I love this, I love this picture here. So what is the effect of faith then? Well, right before he talks about faith in, in chapter 11, verse 1, he says this in verse 39 of chapter 10. He says, this is the effect of faith. We are not of those who shrink back 
So if you're operating with a shield of faith, if you're walking in faith, you do not shrink back and you are not destroyed. We're not of those people, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. And so we take up the full armor of God, he says in, in Ephesians chapter 6. And that's unique there because he says, he says, take up the shield of faith. It's a transition to these, these pieces of armor that we fasten onto us, onto our body, the breastplate of righteousness, right? The shoes, we, we fasten that on our the belt. And now we're carrying pieces. We take up the shield of faith. And right? we're going to take up the sword of the spirit. We're going to take up the helmet of salvation. All right, so, so here we're taking up the shield, and uh, uh, but when? When do we do this? Well, he says, always. In all circumstances, we take up the shield of faith. This is, this is the abundance. This is your, your destiny part, right? This is, this is the abundance we have in Christ, is that we have the shield of faith, and we should use it, in all circumstances, wherever we are, it should lead and guide us and we should be walking in faith. You never put this thing down. So once you take up the shield of faith, you should never put it down. It kind of becomes a part of your arm, right? Like you're always holding it. Why is that? Why does he say in all circumstances? Because guys... We're in a war. We're in a spiritual battle for souls constantly. The big problem is a lot of us don't realize it. We're just living our lives, trying to be comfortable, trying to get the things for our kids, trying to get the things that we want, trying to do, just just live out. Yeah, we go to church. Yeah, we pray here and there. Yeah, we read our Bible. Yeah, we give money. Yeah, we do those things. But we've neglected to realize, like, we're in this battle for people's souls. And so faith should inform every part of our lives. We should never put that down. Like, guys, when you go to work in the morning, how many of you cognitively and consciously take up the shield of faith to go to work with you? Or how many of you just go to work? Because you are, you go to work. Because it should be taken up at all times. When, when you come home from work, when you're at home, when you're with your family, for instance, say, say if you're married and you're, you're, you're with your spouse, like are you holding the shield of faith? Faith belongs in that environment. When, when you're trying to disciple your children and, and they've done something wrong, like, do you have the shield of faith with you? Like, is, have you taken that up and you're walking forward in that? Yes, these are all times in Ephesians 5 that he talks about holding the, the armor of God and being in the armor of God. It's Husband and wife relationship. It's children and parents relationship. It's workplace relationship. Right? You need to have the shield of faith. And, and oftentimes, well, it's almost like when you're the most relaxed, we just put down the shield of faith. We're not on our guard. Well, the problem is when we're not on our guard, 
that's when the enemy attacks. And if we're to ward off the enemy's attacks, we have to always hold the shield of faith. That's the only way to operate in the abundant life, is to always take it up and hold it in front of us. Why? Why do we do that? Well, he says here we do that so that in every single circumstance we can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Guys, the goal here is to not let any one of those darts come through, to extinguish all of them before they, before they uh, injure us. Now, if we're holding the shield of faith all the time, that's going to be the case. And that's the good news. Like, you don't actually have to be injured. You don't actually have to walk through this life injured, you know, based on your sin or based on what someone else did to you. Like, you can actually walk with the shield of faith and operate in faith, and the wounds of the enemy don't have to debilitate you. Now, it doesn't mean you don't have wounds. It doesn't mean that an arrow sometimes doesn't get through. Because you dropped your shield of faith, right? But the good news is, it does not have to debilitate you. The Lord can heal that injury. The Lord can take away the effects of that trauma. The Lord can, can renew your perspective. And I know you're saying, wait, a couple weeks ago you said, we signed up for suffering, and now you're saying well, we don't have to suffer? Well, no. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that if you're living with Jesus, yes, you will suffer. You'll experience pain. You'll experience trials. You'll experience tribulations, turmoil. The enemy will inflict you, but he does not have to completely debilitate you. Because the enemy cannot stop you from moving forward. The enemy, in the power of Jesus, in the authority you have in Christ, he cannot stop you. If you say, today I choose life, not death, he lost his power. It's when you choose death. It's when you choose darkness. It's when you choose uh, to dwell in the darkness that you lose your authority and your power. You always have the chance to say no to that and to say yes to Jesus. Because it's actually really easy to change your perspective as a follower of Jesus. I know it feels hard. Trust me, I know. I know it's hard. When you're getting beat and you're getting, uh, you're going through trials, you're suffering for righteousness sake, and you just want to throw in the towel. You just want to say, you know what? I don't have to do this. I don't need a life like this. I can live so comfortably doing something else. And even in that, you can still choose life and hope and love and grace and forgiveness. The weapons of the enemy don't have to hurt you. They don't have to define you. The injuries of the enemy don't have to define you. They don't direct you. Your circumstances don't need to dictate how you follow Jesus. 
you have the power of perspective over those. That may not change your circumstances. He says, in all circumstances, take the shield of faith. Perspective isn't going to change your circumstances, guys. Not necessarily. It can sometimes. You, but you could change your perspective, have the same exact circumstances, and you will live in authority and abundance. But you have to do it through the shield of faith. You have to remember that he's full of faith. And so he talks about here, if we do that, we can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Now, these aren't just arrows, right? They're flaming arrows. They're on fire. Like, and that's not good because if they stick into us, it actually does more damage than just stabbing us. It burns us. It scars us. It torments you. Right? The flame does. So how do we actively extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one? What does it look like? What does a shield of faith look like? You know, what are we holding out in front of us? Well, back in the day, Roman soldiers, because flaming darts are a real thing, flaming, now this, this word in the Greek for darts can, can, refer to re, can refer to really any flaming projectile. So it could be like a dart, you know, it could be like an, an arrow, um, it could be a javelin, a spear, um, it could be a big ball of fire, right? Like this, this word has all those in, included in it. So basically it's just like flaming projectile, anything that comes to you. How, how, do, how do we extinguish that? Well, back in the day, Roman soldiers, to ward off the flaming darts, the flaming arrows, they would actually immerse their shields in water. And so if their their shield is made of wood and some metal, right? So the parts of wood would be soaked up with water. And then they go to battle. So if something was flaming, it would hit their shield and it would extinguish the arrows. And so check out how effective this is. I got a glass of water here. I got some matches. Kids, don't do this at home. Um, Have a funny story about a prank my kids did on Daniel and Yejin with matches that you should hear sometime. Uh, so, um, here's a, I want to show you how effective this is. This is just a glass of water, right? And I'm going to light this match and we're going to see how quickly the water extinguishes the flame. Okay, flame, I'm going to drop it in. Done. Guys, like, it didn't even go below the meniscus. Like, it hit the water, and it was out. Okay, one more time. This is kind of fun. Um, I'm going to just dip it in, okay? So I dropped it in this, I'm going to dip it in and show you, okay? Um, one more time. <laughs> there we go. Okay, I'm going to put it in here. Watch what happens to the flame right when it touches the water. Look at that. Boom. Out. As it, it cannot, the flame cannot combat the water. The water is always going to put it out. So, where do we get our water from? Well, a couple places. Well, one place, but other effects. Jesus. Jesus says, I'm the living water, right? 
He says that to the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4. Uh, I'm the living water. He says, I'm the word of life. You know, we talk about putting Jesus on. And so Jesus uh, is this water for us where we can drink of him and never thirst again. Right? He's this water where the wellspring of life comes out of Jesus. Right? And your baptism, when you are immersed in the water, represents you buried in Christ's death. In John chapter 3, Jesus says, says in order to enter the kingdom of heaven, you had to be born of water and the Spirit, right? And, and there's this living water and there's the Holy Spirit. And, and he says this to Nicodemus and Nicodemus doesn't understand him, right? And I still think none of us really understand that passage as much as we have our theories. But, um, but in Romans 6, he says, you are buried with Christ in his death in your immersion, in your baptism. Fully buried, fully covered with the living water. Fully immersed. And when you are raised, you're raised to walk in new life. You're raised to walk in new faith. You're raised to walk not by sight, but by faith. You're raised to walk in the full confidence and full assurance of our faithful king, who is full of faith. And you're to do that in the community of faith. That's the shield of faith. Because your shield of faith is always going to waver if you're not in community, in the community of faith. It's so imperative being in the community of faith to actually build up your faith. Now, good news is you don't need a massive shield. Right? Like the question is, well, how, how big does my shield have to be to extinguish all the flaming arrows? It doesn't actually have to be that big. Like if I had one drop of water um, and I had this match, I could put out the match with one drop of water. Jesus says, faith as big as a mustard seed, one of the smallest seeds, can move mountains. But guys, in this world, it's so difficult sometimes to maintain that faith. And that's where the community comes in. That's where the blood of Jesus prepared for us for the community comes in. And we've been talking about this throughout, but you have to be active, you have to be intentional to take up that shield of faith throughout your entire day. And so, uh, a lot of you guys know this. When I wake up in the morning, I say, Speak, Lord, your servant hears. I am your servant. I'm humbling myself before God. And I just want to hear your voice, God, and do what you say. Fill me with your spirit. Make me more like you today, Jesus. Say all those things. Throughout the day, when I, whenever I change scenes in a day, if I go from emails to a meeting, from meeting to, um, to uh, studying, from studying to meeting, to another meeting, to another meeting, to another meeting, <laughs> that's normally how it happens. Um, I, I take up the shield of faith, I reset for each of those times. Or I should say I try to, I try to make my habit to do that for each of those times. Um, and I pray the Lord's presence there. I say I want to operate in you, Lord Jesus. 
And, and so make that a habit. Try to make that a habit in your day to take up the shield of faith whenever you change scenes, whenever you, you switch up things, uh, whenever you go from one thing to the next so that you are praying without ceasing and you're constantly taking up this shield of faith. Guys, you have the power and the authority to do that. And if you don't, the flaming arrows of the enemy are going to get us. They're just going to stick you and they're going to hurt they're going to torment you and they're going to burn and they're going to scar you. And so take up the shield of faith. Do that with and in the community. Let the community come around you and empower you to do that in all aspects of your life. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you that um, you've shown us what this looks like. You've shown us how to walk forward in faith. You were completely faithful. And even when we are faithless, you are faithful. You cannot deny yourself. And so make us people of your own possession who are full of faith and assurance and confidence and hope because your work is done. The battle is won. The war is won. And so we operate in victory with you today. In your name, amen.